cool. And I'm very happy to be here with you fans tonight. Um, first of all, I'd like to give Kings of the North a shout out for giving me this scarf prior to this discussion tonight. And thank you for keeping me fresh. I mean, now I feel a lot more confident on stage. So thank you so much. You guys are the best. And for all of you who don't know me, my name's Caroline Schved. I'm Toronto FC's digital host. Um, little bit of a soccer background. I played for the Canadian women's national team at the U17 level. Oh, thank you. You don't need to do that. Thank you. <laughs> um, I played at the U17 World Cup, uh, went to West Virginia University and played there for five years. Unfortunately, three knee surgeries, it happens, and uh, career ending. But now I get to talk about soccer, so I feel like that came full circle and I'm in front of you lovely people here tonight. So that's just who I am, in case you guys didn't know me. And I feel like we need to call up the rest of the panel here tonight and I was told that I had to start with one individual in particular and that is Mr. John Molinaro. <laughs> Quick fact about John Molinaro, I didn't know he was a huge Juve fan and one day at TFC practice uh, <laughs> yeah, claps for Juve, right? I'm an AC Milan fan, so at practice, I was, you know, sm smack-talking Juve, and he sends me a tweet like four hours later, Caroline Schved is now on my enemies list, and I'm like, oh, dear Lord. I mean, <laughs> I did not mean to get off on the wrong foot, but we'll talk about that later, eh? Yeah. <laughs> Next, we have Laura Armstrong. And to complete the, pl uh, the panel is Joshua Cloak. Joshua's extra special because he has his own fan group right now. <laughs> I'm starting with two. I'd like to get to three one day. So. <laughs> okay, so I feel like there's no other way to start this discussion than to bring up the fact that Toronto FC just made club history and won the Supporter Shield, right? This is absolutely amazing. Long time coming and uh, arguably their best season. I know that's opinion based, but that's my opinion. So what do you three think? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think there's any sort of argument about it. I mean, this is, uh, they're on the cusp of the gr single greatest season in MLS history by any club. Um, now, granted, for TFC, in terms of seasons, the bar hasn't always been set incredibly high, but um, <laughs> this is, yeah, I mean, when I think about where this team was five years ago, and I kind of thought about this after the game the other day, where this was, where this side was five years ago when they lost nine games to start this season to where they are now, it's an incredible metamorphosis. So, uh, yeah, I think it's great, and it's kind of uh, just reward for, you know, fans who kind of stuck through them through very, very, very many lean years. I feel like the question to ask now is, are they going to get to that record? Because I think no. What do you think? A little shade, a little no, shade I throw. mean, I, I, just to say, like, look at She's been it. covering the Jays for a while, <laughs> so her, her, she's used to disappointment. I am. Hey, this team started winning when I came around. Let's remember that. John was there for all the disappointment. That's true. But really, do you think they're going to get to it? Because I feel like they're not going to beat Atlanta at home or even maybe tie them. 
Um, I don't know. Every, everyone keeps going on about Atlanta, and I don't know. I, I don't buy all the hype. I mean, I think I think they're a very good team, but I don't think they have the depth to really go far in the playoffs. And I don't think you know the stadium. I think it's a fantastic atmosphere that they have down there. But if I'm Toronto FC, like I'm not, I'm not fearing anyone in the Eastern Conference right now. I think they can pretty much slap away anyone they want over the, they put in front of them. Does it like does it matter though? Like if they get this record? No, it doesn't matter. No, like they, they every th- you you hear again and again. It's almost it's almost to the point of of nauseating hearing just how you know we haven't won anything yet. The record doesn't matter. It's all about the cup. It's all about the cup. And eventually you're like, well, and and this is the players saying that. So you're like, okay, if if, if it doesn't matter to you guys all that much, I don't know why should it matter all that much to to us. And for me, this uh, I'm probably going to get in trouble for this, but I don't even think the supporter shield matters all that much except for the fact that it guarantees home field advantage all the way through the playoffs. That we want the games at home, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I, we I, want them at BMO Field. I think that's a huge advantage for, for Toronto. So that, to me, is kind of the most important thing about winning the supporter shield is that it gives them that extra, you know, big decided edge going into the playoffs. Laura, did we change your mind? No. <laughs> <laughs> No, I did not. I also think that the supporter shield is so important, and I think it's so disappointing the way that this, like, I don't think it got celebrated properly, to be honest. Like, I understand as a player that you want to focus your eyes on the prize, and I understand that, you know, that day in December last year wasn't, you know, an awful day for all of those players, and there's no reason that they should have lost that game, and they did, which is the hardest way to take a loss, I think, but... I don't know. The, the supporter shield, it, when you look at the world of soccer, is the, the, the trophy. The, winning the league means the most. Maybe winning the Champions League is important. I don't know what that's like as an Arsenal fan, but I do feel like, you know, winning the supporter shield is so important, and I just don't think they gave it its due. Who they? As the players, I don't think the club gave it its due. Like that, that clubhouse or locker room. Yeah. Oh my God! I really am a Blue Jays reporter. Was so subdued the other day. How many of the? I saw Drew Moore drinking a beer. One. I saw Drew Moore have a beer. I think I saw Ben Spencer have two or three. That's why he was drinking a beer. But like, uh, Michael Bradley was eating pizza. But I don't you respect that? Michael Bradley was eating pizza. That's it. This is this is breaking in TFC world. Don't you respect that though? Like they know that there's there's still more to be done. Yes, we won the supporter shield, but there's a bigger prize at the end of the day, and I appreciate that about this team. Sure, but you also like you almost need a, a proper, for lack of a better term, like branding of the supporter shield. Like you almost need to to sell to Toronto as a city. Hey, heads up! Here's what we did. You know, we had arguably the most dominant season in league history. Mm-hmm. Like, we are raised in North America. The, the playoffs are ingrained, and, and we that's just the way we think. Like, the playoffs determine who's the best team. But to do it over 34 games mm-hmm. or 32 so far and the way they've done it, I, I almost think that's a little bit more impressive. I do, because teams get lucky. TFC is going to play five, hopefully five games in the playoffs. Five. And we should be celebrating the fact that they have just put on a master class through 32 games. And so you almost need, you know, people from TFC getting out there and being like, 
hey, heads up, we're really fucking good. Like, we are really, <laughs> really good, and five games is not going to tell the tale here. And I totally agree with that. I'm just saying from a player's perspective, I appreciate the focus because it's kind of one and done for them. You know, they win, and they put it behind them, and they're like, okay, we have Montreal next, then we have Atlanta next, and then we're, we're in the playoffs. And it didn't turn out the way we wanted it to last year, but it sure as hell is going to turn out the way we want it this year. Yeah, but they can't say that because you never know. You're, you're going into two legs, and, and TFC, I mean, no offense, but over the last couple of games have not been the TFC that we've seen for the last, you know, 32-odd, 30-odd games. So if right. they go in and they're playing the way that they've been playing for the last two games, not to be critical because I think this is a phenomenal team and I think it's the best team that MLS has ever seen, but if they play the way that they played in the last two games, conceivably they could lose a two-leg affair. 100%, but I'm, you know, when, when TFC lost to Montreal Impact, of course that hurt all of us because it ended TFC's home winning, sh uh, undefeated at home, and it's the Montreal Impact. We don't ever want to lose to the Impact, exactly. But... Everyone was down and upset about it. And I'm like, would you, every team has a game like that in, in a season. Like, you're just going to go through it. Would you not rather have that game in season as opposed to a month later in playoffs when it really, truly counts? Totally. And that's what it is for me is this team's, maybe they haven't been playing the best that they've played in the last two games, whatnot, but that happens. And if they peak at the right time in playoffs, I think it's their year. I think the cup this year is theirs to lose. I think that everybody, I think everybody agrees with that. I think it's just a matter of, especially in this city as TFC is trying to sort of, you know, get its footing amongst the big four, which it has done to a point. But, yep. and I think that everything will change next Sunday when they actually get to lift a trophy. Part of the problem, I think, like Clint Irwin tweeted after the game being like, too bad the shield got held up at the border. Like, get the friggin' trophy there so that they can lift it on the day. Like, are you joking? I don't know who's bringing it down from Dallas, but... But this is hockey's fault, ultimately. This is hockey's fault? This is hockey's fault. Can you... Do uh, they care about the president's trophy or whatever trophy they're not allowed to touch? No. Exactly. No, no because, again, you're... You're ingrained to, like I said, you're ingrained to think that, like, y what you do somehow, what you do after the season, what you do after an arduous season matters more. And, like, I do agree with you that, like, yeah, TFC should have been. But I am also, and I, uh, sorry, i got to bring it back to you, but I think a lot of people in Toronto watching the Jays when they were celebrating in 2015, you know, qualifying for the playoffs, and there was just... It was just showers of Budweiser. You were like, all right, y'all, you haven't won anything yet. Oh, and I, I, I was on that train. I don't think that you should, like the TFC, I don't think that they should have celebrated qualifying for the playoffs, but they won something. Well, what do you A think? Should they something. have celebrated? Okay, should they have celebrated with champagne showers? The more champagne showers, the better. Are we not thinking? No, listen, I... I have we learned nothing from Drake? Uh, Drake. I, again, I, I, think, I, I, I think it's a great thing that they won, but I think if it doesn't matter to them, I think then you just got to accept that like, we're, you're not going to hear much out of the players until December 10th. I mean, I mean, but... There you go. I How mean, many of you think that this season is going to be a complete wash if TFC doesn't win the MLS Cup? 
And no, and I, and I think that it does matter to the TFC players, but I just, there's another element of focus to them this year, that they are happy to be where they are. They're, they were so proud of themselves for winning the Supporters' Shield, but they have an end goal, and they know how much that hurt them last season, and they want to make sure they lift that cup at the end of, the, of this season. So yes, they're proud, they're happy, they love you fans. After every post-game interview, it's Michael Bradley who's saying that TFC supporters are the best, or any given night on a Tuesday, you guys sell out BMO Field more than any other uh, team in MLS. They love that, they appreciate it, they support, they support, that, they support the support you guys give them. But at the end of the day, what really matters to them, and it, as a professional athlete, it should, is the big cup. Yeah, I mean, I mean, what are we... <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what I was talking about. <laughs> are we not allowed to have any joy along the way? No, but, like, what are we bitching about here? That they, no, uh, that this, they is a, this is a great problem to have. You're right. You're like, right. They didn't celebrate? Really? That's what we're complaining about? I mean, come that on. boring. Let's, I mean, Everybody could use a little celebration in their life. Well, like a little perspective here. I mean, you know. Let's okay, let's not go there because Juve was the reason why Serie A essentially collapsed. And no, I'm an AC oh Milan fan, so they got relegated. John Molinaire is not going to talk to me after no. this. <laughs> but just to the point you bring up about the focus, that's what it's all about. It's yeah. not that they're joyless sort of souls. I mean, they're obviously happy that they yeah. won the Supporters' Shield, and it matters to them. But you talked to Michael Bradley, and this has been kind of like a theme throughout the season. And I know it's going to sound like an incredible cliche, but this is what they preach. 90 minutes at a time. They win one game, they celebrate for maybe two minutes, and they move on to the next one. And like he's called every game, the next one, the biggest game in the, in the, in the season. And it's because that's the way they've kind of trained, and I, their, their mind to think. And that's I think that's a large reason as to why they're in the position where they are right now. So I mean, yeah, would have liked it. Would it would have been great if they sort of celebrated more and cut loose? Sure, but I mean, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sort of bitch them out for, you know, not flashing no, a smile or hoisting beers or whatever. I mean, who cares? But I just, I just, I just. There was a lot of beer left over for us. There was. I will say there that. was. <laughs> <laughs> That's not beer. Where did you go? I don't know. This is a newspaper deadline. You file your story early you and you're like, I'm out. You file your story from sitting on the floor like three floors down. You file yeah. your story late. You guys like you cheers and stuff too, eh? Oh, there's a yeah, I didn't get any cheersing or beersing. Cheers, Laura. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> okay, I got a question for you three. Dare I ask? Who is your MVP on Toronto FC this year? Victor so Vasquez. There's yes. no question about yes. it. Victor Vasquez is the absolute MVP. He should be MVP in MLS. Victor Vasquez is one of the greatest players to ever play in MLS. Can you guys? Victor Vasquez. Victor Vasquez. Victor fucking Vasquez. Sorry. Joshua was ready to say that. I didn't even finish my question. It was Victor Vasquez. Victor. But yes, totally agree. Mr. Molinaro. I, I can't really argue with that. He would probably be my pick too, although I would say and I know he's not the sort of Bradley. sort of player who Michael does Bradley. like this. He's not the sexiest player, but I think Michael Bradley is sort of the, the reference point of this team. Um, you know, he sets the he sets sort of the tone and it's I think, you know, we've talked a lot about the, sort of the culture change that the club has gone over the last couple of years and it's in large part because of him and just sort of the example that he sets and he just demands excellence and you know I've covered sports a long time and I've covered uh, you know a number of different sports I've never met a more intense focused athlete than Michael Bradley it's it's damn right it's downright scary um, he goes non-stop he's, he's non-stop non like he's just you know if he cracks a smile that's a big thing <laughs> so 
I think for me, he is, uh, I think he's been the most important player for TFC this year, although I certainly wouldn't argue about Victor Vasquez. I think he's just been a wonderful addition. Michael Bradley allows Victor Vasquez to yep. do what Vis Victor Vasquez does. So it's, it's, it's a pairing, and ultimately Victor Vasquez is going to be the guy who's the new addition, and he's the guy who Josie and Seba were asking for last you know, December when they were asking for a creative midfielder, the last, the, last, the last sort of piece of the puzzle that Toronto FC needed. But the only reason that Victor Vasquez is allowed the creativity and the license that he has on that field is because Michael Bradley is behind him doing what he does. So it's, it's a matter of, I mean, Victor Vasquez is always going to be the guy who gets the MVP award because, I mean, he's probably not going to get the MVP award. I mean, the league will be better for it if he does, but he's, he's the guy who scores the goals. He's the guy who assists the goals. He's the guy who puts up the cute little heart after he scores all the goals, and you're like, where yes. is Victor Vasquez's family? Because I can yeah. tell which direction they're yeah. sitting in based on this, but... Michael Bradley is the guy that allows that to happen. It's a fantastic partnership. I just think there's just such a, a, a calming yeah. presence, uh, you know, on the pitch when he's on there. And, yes, a, a lot of that is Bradley, too. There's that, you know, will and determination when, when Bradley's on the field. But when Vasquez is on there, there's just – there's a confidence there, especially, you know, from the forwards because – they know that that if if you if you wait it out long enough and you and you find your spots and you find space, Victor's going to find you. And you know, last year's run, and I, I really think that last year's run had this weird kind of magical element to it because you're like, oh, are they going to do it? Are they going to do it this year? I think in large mm -hmm. part it's because you have that really true number ten who can provide service that that. Honestly, I, I, I really don't know if any other team in MLS has. And there's that assurance that even late in the game, um, you know, if, if it's close, Victor's going to find you. And it's just, the, it's, it's so calm, it's so determined. And I, they should be very, very happy that they found, th they found him now and not, I think 2014 was when they were yep. yeah. scouting him. Mm -hmm. And like, that would have been fine, but I don't know if he's still here if they found him then. Or if, they, if he came over then. Or if Seba's here. Uh, they found him then. Yeah. You don't of know. Of course. I mean, yeah. they were looking at both. Of I mean, ultimately, right. it, my understanding is that they went with Seba. Well, Victor once, was. Once they, once they, like, honed in on Seba, Victor was sort of looked over. I thought Bruges didn't want to sell. And then they went to Seba. Johnny? No, Seba was. Seba was. Seba came into the picture. Yeah. And then they were. But. Well, I'm glad we all agree on this because, yeah. and you, Laura, you just hit it like right on the money that I don't think people understand, maybe who people who don't watch soccer as often, how much movement Michael Bradley has on the field defensively. Like not even when he has the ball, when he doesn't have the ball, the pockets that he gets into to deny a pass or to close off a player. And that's what's so incredible, especially him playing a little further back this season and giving Vasquez that opportunity. And Vasquez, please tell me how this guy mentally is two steps ahead of everyone on the pitch. He knows what he's doing when players have the ball and he knows he's going to get it. He already knows where that ball is going. Michael hasn't even scored a goal this year. In I know. MLS, so that's like, think about that too. Like, I think, sorry? Yeah, should have last game, but you know. Guys, Close. don't take that hat trick away from Justin yeah. Morrow. <laughs> he deserved that. But I mean, that says a lot about Michael Bradley. The fact that you know, I think it's 15 different schools goal scores Toronto FC has had this year, and he isn't one of them. And yet he's still, you know, we talk about him as kind of the central reference point and such an influential figure. And I think that just speaks 
a lot to what he what he means to this club day in and day out. Arguably, he's the reason I think that they could play they can play this three five two formation, Absolutely. which yeah. is the reason which has been the shift ever since they started playing this formation that they have really become the dominant side that you see today. Yeah, and it's led to like a lot of great sort of side benefits. Like I think. Justin Morrow, I mean, I always rated him before, but mm -hmm. I think he's really developed into the best sort of left wing back in, in the league. I think it's eight goals and just a great two-way player, too. And, I mean, the, hu the hustle on the guy, Marky. too. I mean, yeah, that too. to get that third goal on, on the weekend, I mean, he had, was busting a gut to get to yeah. the end of it. So Nico uh, Hassler, too. He Nico Hassler, my pick. Yeah, can we yeah. give Nico him a shout-out? Great unreal. Did you see that that uh, MLS Players Union thing today? Yeah. I tweeted you. Yeah, yeah. So that is he's like the seventh cheapest player on TFC, and basically all seven. Is that prorated? Is it prorated or is it? It, it will be. I would yeah, expect. but even at prorated rate, it's still year, phenomenal what he's brought. Nobody so. is nobody who's playing consistently is make. I think like Subasa Endo is like making almost as much as he's making and it's Subasa Endo. It's so interesting how you can uh, no honestly how you can <laughs> how you can sell a player on a, a quite a low salary, a player of his quality, you can sell him on that low salary, you can sell him on the city, you can sell him on the team and he's all in. Like if you want to talk about like you know coming from, you know, where the club was 8 years ago or whatever. Like that's the thing you can you it, it, I don't imagine it's a hard sell and this is a player of immense quality I mean he's away on an international break Lichtenstein Lichtenstein whatever but he's he's on an international break and and I think he's another key piece too I mean they went out they saw that there was a hole to fill you know Beta was out and they went and they got someone and it wasn't an arm wrestle they said here's our team here's what we're after and. You know, he came. I, I, I asked Bez, and he was like, no, we kind of had him on our radar, but when he went down, we got him, and he was all in. And, and that really speaks to what this club is about this year. In terms of this position, wing back, they've yeah. made an improvement, I think, on the player that they had before. On Beta? Yeah. I not would think so. Not Beta, I think, defensively is a, is a stalwart. It does depend on what you want. Absolutely. But in terms of a wing back position, I think Hassler is an improvement on Beta. It just it brings a real attacking presence to the team. I have I've always thought that you start Hassler, and then it once once if and when you get the lead, you bring him out 65, 70, and then you bring in Which is what Beta they did against Yeah, I, and it worked well. It's an like I asked Greg about it today. He, he said he's he's like I have a luxury. And when do you hear coaches say that? I have a luxury on my team. Like it's. Well, you hear th that from Greg a lot because I don't know if I you know, know this, but they're the deepest team in the league. Greg says deepest, it. deepest. <laughs> I haven't heard that yet. Deepest team in, in MLS. Okay, we. Where'd okay. Carolyn go? Here, I'm here. <laughs> um, if anyone has a question or a comment at any point in this discussion, I'm going to be on the floor with you guys. So just raise your hand. I'll come to you and feel free to say what you would like on the mic. Um, with, with that, would you like to say, please say your name and stand up and ask your question. Don't never give the mic to Bobby Braz, first of all. I, I don't know if I, I don't even have a question. Carol, you just gave the mic to me. Oh, hold on, I have a question, I have a question. Would, do you think Jackson, Jackson would fit in on this team? Like, where do you think Jackson would fit in on this team? John, John, that's for you, John, that's for you. I forgot about Jackson. Wow. Whoa. 
No, I mean, look, he was he was a serviceable player, serviceable player at the time for what TFC needed. But you know, would he be starting in this team? Of course not. Would he be second choice? Probably not. I mean, he'd probably be probably be third or fourth. Serviceable <laughs> is a compliment at yeah. this point. Well, yeah. I, I tried to be diplomatic. Uh, he was a good enough guy, but you know, no, like he wouldn't be anywhere near the first team right now. Okay, we have another question. Uh, my name's Martin. I know I'm jumping ahead here, but talking about the expansion draft, should we be worried considering how much depth that we do have? Great question, right? Good yeah. question, Marty. I think that next time Clint Irwin's going to go for real. <laughs> if you're Clint Irwin, though, like I know... You want to go for real. Yeah, you yeah. do. You do. Like he, he was brought back and... You know, they talk all the time about how they have a great working relationship, but Clint Irwin should be starting somewhere in MLS. Um, and I think it's, uh, again, it's a luxury to have a player of his quality to come in off, off the bench or, or, or start a game where, where Alex needs a rest. But, yeah, I think he, he goes, and, and, and good for him. He, he needs it. He should have it. I think based on what we experienced last year during the expansion backdraft, and I mean, correct the expansion me. Expansion backdraft? Expansion draft, I don't know. <laughs> it's a fire! I had two sips of beer, guys, so I'm like pretty much half drunk. Um, but if you think back to last year, Clint, we sort of knew at the beginning, you talked to Clint before, and he was like, oh, yeah, I'm not really worried about it. And we're like, are you not? Because maybe you should be. And then, like, it went out that Clint has been moved, and then Mark Bloom leaves at some point, and then you're like, Mark Bloom's kind of leaving, and you're like confused as to what's happening, and then you realize that, oh, this has been in the works for days, and Clint knew that he was going to possibly be traded, and they were going to get him back, and I think that TFC is not the kind of team, they're the kind of team that signs Nico Hassler for $81,000 guaranteed. They're not going to be the kind of team that lets go a player that they want to go. So I, I don't think there's... There's much reason to be concerned at all, ever. Yeah, and that's why, I mean, for, for Clint, I agree. I mean, it's, it's probably in his best interest to leave, but I think Toronto will do whatever it takes to, they'll, they'll work something out with LA. There's always these sort of backdoor deals that kind of happen, kind of what happened with Atlanta, because, okay, fair enough, if you let him go, that's great. But, you know, Mark Pace is not, is not ready to be a backup in MLS, so you still have to then go out and get a second goalkeeper, so. I, 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 I am inclined to agree, but I also think Bono is that good that you can, you can use him. Yes, I do. Yeah, he's, he is that good. I think, I think you're going to see him in an American jersey in 2022. I think that's I all. The, I agree with you there. You know, I like, I, I think he's, I think he's, a, again, and you can go down the list. There's a number of players that probably don't get their due on this TFC team. Um, and I think Alex is probably at the top. So Anyone under, under 24, according to MLS. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I, I, think, I, I think they're more inclined to let, let Clint walk. I, I think you want to see what you really have in, 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 in Mark Pace. And I think Alex has proven that um, – Alex, like I know him. But like, I think Bono has proven that like, he's the kind of guy that can play Bones – uh, big Sandlot fan, by the way. Uh, he can play a lot of games. He can play a lot of games, and I, I think they're comfortable with him. Wait, can I? I totally agree with you, Josh. Hey, Caroline, over here. That he's a Sandlot fan. Hey, girl. Hey. No, that this kid literally came into a position 
when Clint came out and he had all the pressure in the world to perform and he has performed. He had one, exactly, one off game. That happens to every professional player out in the world, MLS, EPL, uh, La Liga, Bundesliga, whatever you name it. Serie A for you, John Molinaro. But he, <laughs> but I think that he's definitely stepped up and he, that, that role that he's in, he's owned it this season. Yeah. And I think that he's done incredibly. And he has made some big time saves that have saved Toronto FC. Absolutely. And I, I didn't mean to suggest that Alex Oh, no, I know. Sorry. I just had no, to no, say no, that. No, no, no. I, I get passionate. No, no. <laughs> To, to your point, I absolutely agree. I think he can he can play like the majority of the games, and he's clearly the starter. But I mean, God forbid he goes down injured. You know, is and I like Mark Pace personally. I think he's a good guy, but again, I don't think he's ready to be a backup. I don't think he's ready to play in MLS. So this is also us assuming that whichever team. It, like LA or whoever in, in expansion yeah, draft like is going to want a goalkeeper like a because there are Clint many Irwin. other teams. Right. Maybe we should just dangle Michael Bradley in front of Bob and see what happens. Yeah, that'd be interesting. <laughs> just kidding. Joking. That's a joke. We have a question. Um, I think Marky's taken a big step up this year. Uh, big fan of him. But who else do you guys think is is has kind of brought themselves up to the level that could be uh, be competing for a starting job in the, in the team this year? Who's brought themselves up from last year, you mean, compared? Or, um, Zav. Well, sorry? Zav. Yeah, I think, I I think a lot Zavaleta of... I think is an unsung hero. Yeah, absolutely. And I just actually did a talk to him today, so I'll have a feature on him later. But I think he's been... He's a bit of a bit of a bit of a unsung hero. I know he... You know, the game against Montreal didn't exactly cover himself in glory, but, you know, other than Michael Bradley, and I think... Justin Morrow, Eric Zavaleta has logged the most minutes in yes, MLS this year yes. for Toronto FC. So, I think he just reads the game, you know, pretty good for someone of his age. Uh, not the most athletic guy, but I think he's just a durable kind of MLS quality defender, and I think he's really kind of come into his own. We saw it last year towards the second half of the season, but I think this year he's really kind of cemented himself as that starting right back. So I think he's really stepped up this year. Chris too. Chris Mavinga started out. I mean, remember yeah. there was like oh, a couple yeah. of games where when he started and you were kind of like, I don't know. Yeah. And then he kind of looked like he was so gangly. He looked yeah. like a deer who was trying to find his legs or something. Yeah. I'm a big toss guy. I think yeah. Ricketts has had a really, really good year. His ability to just score and then score and then score again. Uh, he, I think he's the kind of guy that, again, he's not, for obvious reasons, not going to see the pitch a lot, but he makes the most of his time out there. And I... I you know, again, what a great luxury to have a backup, you know, yeah. forward that could be starting, I, I would argue, on half, you know, the other clubs in the league. So, yeah, Toss has just really made the most of his limited minutes out there. And, uh, yeah, good for him. I remain perpetually intrigued by Jordan Hamilton. Mm. I think that Jordan Everybody Hamilton, mm. he's, you know, there's, <laughs> there's so many people in front of him, right? Like, you know, between Josie and Seba and toss and then Ben Spencer pops onto the scene but Jordan Hamilton has this focus ben Spencer? about him. <laughs> ben, ben Spencer? Ben Spencer played in a game recently. He I did. was there. He, he didn't no, have he, that man bun and, so and I was Ben confused. was there, yeah. But that's the thing. I think that you could have made the argument that Hamilton should have played. And Hamilton has this focus about him this year that I've never seen in him before. It's like Michael Bradley-esque. And I am confused by it, but I like it. I know it's low, but his, and his goals per 90 is unbelievable. Yeah. 
You know, he, he has this knack of scoring, and not just in MLS, like in the Canadian Championship. I, I, he's a player that I would be intrigued to see what happens to, because the talent is there, the quality is there. Is he going to stay on the bench for yes. forever? I think, I think for a while, because I actually talked to Greg about this last week, and he was... The, w the, the thing he said about Jordan was that he can be one. He's a little bit too one-dimensional in that it's all about just kind of running onto the ball and getting behind the defenders. What he'd like to see more—that's the worst when you're a striker. Well, uh, you definitely don't want to do that. W but what he wa what he wants what, what he wants to see more from Jordan is kind of being able to. Yeah, quite snarky. Wow. I'm just telling. It's, it's to Greg. It's not to you. I'm just telling I you what. Said it to Greg no, too, fair enough. Makes but what he said, what Greg said, he, what he'd like to see more from Jordan do is kind of develop a part of his game where he can sort of drop back and be the connector. You know, what sort of connect the dots and be sort of the link between midfield and the forward. So, I think, and you know, once he starts doing that a little bit more on a consistent basis. Then he might get some I more playing time. But, but it's when tough. does he get like the time to do that yeah, when you've exactly. got the best guy, right. arguably, in the league, and Josie Altador, who's doing that? Does I Jordan Hamilton have to take the put his name in the expansion draft and go to LA? I, I don't know. I think, and again, we, we're all, or I'm getting ahead of myself here, but if it does happen, if they win the Cup, I think you are going to see some major roster turnover. I really do, because you are going to see players that said, I came to Toronto to do a job and to, to do this thing, I did it. Now I want to see what's next. And I'm not saying that means Jordan Hamilton, you know, gets a, a, a spot in the starting 11, but I, I think you're going to see, I think you're going to see a lot of roster turnover if it happens. And good thing, bad thing, I, I don't know. But I, I think if you're a player like Jordan Hamilton, you stop and say, well, I, I, I still think there's a spot for me somewhere. Okay. Okay. So we're going to take two more questions. Guys, great questions. Thank you for all of this. Great discussion. And here Anyone you go. want to ask about Germany's uh, qualification no. of the World Cup no today? One, no. 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 Nobody? No. Nobody? No, no, no. Question here. Question here. Assuming John is right and TFC makes the finals this year, I think Sporting Kansas City is the scary team out west. Who do you guys think out west is going to be the team that might give TFC the hardest challenge in MLS Cup. Guys, I want a Toronto-Vancouver final so yeah, bad. So does TSN. I, I don't know if the TSN guys play. are here yet, but they are salivating it's over the like, chance. It's like, Major League yeah, Soccer, man. Eh? All yeah. the Canadians. Oh, let's, let's all get in the stadium, eh? Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I, 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 I actually think Vancouver might pose a challenge, not because of anything they do on the field, but they build it up. No, I'm serious. I'm serious. I, I, I really don't think there's any the team Canadian in the West. Rivalry. I don't think there's any team in the West that can hold a, a candle to TFC. I think their biggest threats are in the East. And I think KC that... Yeah, they can't. They can't score the way TFC can, and like TFC I just is not going to play another n 120 minutes plus penalties like they played against Seattle last yeah, year. Yeah, I think I there is like uh, I mean I know Stephen Fry still plays for Seattle, so technically there is a Stephen Fry, but there's no Stephen Fry. <laughs> like it's not going to happen again. That was no. a once in a lifetime save. I really think if they can get out of the East, they're not in the clear. But the uh, the Vancouver thing will get built up as this weird Canadian rivalry thing and it'll get in their heads and uh, you could again wh why do they often lose to montreal i think that it, it just has a way of getting in their heads and but if they can you know again I, there's no team in the west on paper that holds a candle to tfc John. johnny 
Yeah. Just cynical you're Johnny. So, you're Johnny being is so quiet. I'm, it's I'm freaking me out. I'm contemplating. Um, no, I mean, I, I I tend to agree. I mean, I don't I, look. I don't think any team in the East can really teach them. Can really touch them. I think they're the the path to MLS Cup final is 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 there for them to just breeze through. Um, if I think about hard enough about teams out in the West, I mean, it's a one game, right? Anyone, anything can happen. But uh, uh, would I would I want to play? If I'm TFC, would I want to play Seattle again? Uh, probably not. Would I want to play Kansas City again? Probably not. But other than that, out in the West, I mean... Well, that's the question then. Who do you not want to play in the East? Sorry, Carol, no. I'm taking over your job here. But <laughs> who's, who do you <laughs> no, not want to play in the East? New York City. You don't want to play New York City. You don't want to play... You maybe don't want to play Atlanta. If, if, uh, uh, honestly, like, uh, if I'm TFC... Guys, like, were you I watching that Red Bulls game on the weekend? Yeah. I don't know if I'm Toronto. Like, I don't really care about the East. Like, I just think it's set up for them to go all the way. I don't think, like, you talk to the players and you talk to Greg, and they're not thinking about matchups, about, oh, well, I hope it pans out like this. Like, they're really sort of focusing on themselves, and, and I don't know that they should fear anyone. John, you sound so much like Greg. It hurts. Yeah. Me. Yeah, well. It hurts me so bad. I, if, if I could. Yeah, I totally agree with what everything John's saying. And I'm not just saying there that you go. we got off on the wrong foot initially. Like, Keeping my eyes on you. John and I got off on the wrong foot initially, too, I'm sure. We did? No. Let's oh. not talk Juve. No, I, again, I, I don't think you have to... I, I, I could stand to see uh, Schweinsteiger show up in Toronto again. That would be nice. Uh, but otherwise, I don't think you uh, have to... I'm, I'm, I mean that. I don't, but I really don't think you have to worry about any team across MLS. So remember, if Toronto FC loses at any point in these playoffs, it is Toronto FC's fault, and it is not another team. It's all on them. I I completely agree. Yeah. <laughs> Does anyone have a question? Oh, okay, I'm coming. Run, my, Caroline. Yeah, run. all my playing days, I prepped for this moment. Well done. And she's so doing it in heels, ladies and gentlemen. Let's give it up for Carolyn, everyone. So first things first, congrats to my newspaper for featuring Supporter Shield on the front page. Oh, uh, you're welcome. We no problem. I'm sure that was all me. So last year, great run, and then the Blue Jays happened. And this year, gr even better run, and the, and the Maple Leafs move a toe, and everybody's all over that shit. So this question is about the industry. So from the zeitgeist point of view, like you just said, nobody can touch us. We're a great team. Everybody should recognize that. The quality is amazing. And yet, it's 30 degrees outside, and we got like hockey jerseys on the front page. So how does that feel on the inside? Mr. John Molinaro, please speak to this first, because I'm eager to hear your answer. Back up, everyone. Back up. <laughs> Thank you. Great question. Great question. It's look. It's it's an up. Uh, as great as the season is, it's still an uphill battle. I think for this team to get, and I, I get the sense that you're talking about sort of media recognition and coverage. Um, it's still an uphill battle for them, and I think that's. You know, it's unfortunate. I, I the. You know, the thing that always kind of irritated me was when in my early years of covering the team was. You know, when I would go to bosses and I, I talked to other colleagues in the business, like, why aren't you covering this team more? And the argument was, well, you know, they're losing. They're really bad. Once they start winning, 
then the coverage will improve and you'll see that, you know, a larger sort of media imprint. Well, fuck me. I mean, you know. That's the first time I've ever heard John Molinaro curse. I think. Give it up for I, I John! Really, yeah. <laughs> I think. I mean, this, th this year, they've won a lot, right? I mean, they have, they're, the, they're on the cusp. They're on the cusp of the greatest season in MLS history. And not Arguably. only win, but like play enjoyable soccer. And to playing watch, enjoyable right? soccer. This isn't this isn't sort of Italian catenaccio or anything like that. They're they're playing pretty attractive soccer. And yet, you know, how many stories have we seen on you know my network or on the competing network about this miraculous season? We haven't seen a lot of that. How much talk has there been on radio about this sort of miraculous season? There's been a little, but not a much. But, you know, what I have seen and what I have heard is, like, endless dissection of this goddamn Blue Jays season. I mean... Those people suck. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, I mean, I do think there is, I'll call kind of like an editorial imbalance, I guess, in the Toronto sports media. I think we kind of got to get our shit together, all together. But... Uh, at the same time, though, I mean, you talk to TFC, and I think they, they're they very appreciative of the, of the depth and quality of the coverage that, that the team gets. And you speak to, and I've spoken to general managers and club presidents and players and PR people from around the league, and they would love a piece of what TFC gets. I mean, and we're talking about teams like L.A. and New York who, you know, doesn't get anywhere near the media sort of coverage. So it's, a, it's there's kind of like two ways to answer that question. I, look, I... Well, I do agree with almost all of what you said. I, I think you have to stop and, and remember that TFC is still a very young franchise. They are. And if you look back to where the Jays were at... Sorry, John. You see the look he just gave me? Uh, the looks whoo. could kill, right? Um, if you look back to where the Jays were at, you know, at the 10, 11 year mark and, and you know they're winning their first division titles, but... It was still kind of this this weird thing, and I and I think you have to think about the way that not I, I would imagine not you guys, but a lot of the, the way that a lot of people get into sports, they get into a team because it's what their parents are watching, and they you know they you know they they, they gather around the TV or however the fuck they're going to watch sports in 15 years, and they, they're going to gather around this tiny screen, and and they want to be part of it, right? And so that hasn't happened yet because. TFC hasn't had that kind of generational effect yet. And then you add in winning. Like, if you talk to young Jays fans, like teenage Jays fans, you're like, yeah, well, 92 is the best. And they're like, I don't want to hear about 92. Joey Bats is my guy. 2015, that's my year. That's my thing. You know, they don't identify with, with, with 92 and 93. So once you get, you know, again, hopefully, maybe the win in 2017, and then you allow, you know, the fans here, you good people, to, you know, have some offspring. And then they want to be a part of what you want to be a part of. Procreate. Yeah. TFC yeah. is going to be great. Yeah. Right now. Procreate. TFC will be great. No, it is. And then, and then they'll be like, okay, I want to go to the games, you know, with my parents. I want to be a part of that. And then, and then it just, and, and then they tell people and they tell two people. Again, I think that's, we have to remember, like, as, as, as good as they are now and as, as much recognition as they get, you know, compared to other MLS clubs, they're, what, 12 years old? Like, that's infancy. So winning plus time equals, 
you know, a big, big franchise. And I would accept all of that with good grace. I think you're right, but you can't, you can't tell, and I think a lot of what you said makes sense, and I fully accept that, but again. He accepts that I make sense. <laughs> but again, like, I think the coverage has been lacking uh, this year at times. It would, ju it would just be nice to see a little bit more of, uh, you know, s Toronto sports media out covering this team. And that's not a knock against anyone but specific. And, you know, I could do more. I think everyone could do more, right? But I think it has been lacking. And, and often it's at an expense of because of, well, everyone, we're kind of focused on the Jays or, you know, the ho hockey season starting soon. I mean, it shouldn't be either or. There should be sort of enough coverage for everyone. And I'll leave it at that. What I will say, speaking as a person who, A, the person who asked this question, really appreciate it. Keep reading the Toronto Star. Pretty sure that I get a hashtag no respect tweet every time TFC does not get its due. Uh, you know, based on the fact that I can't see you in the crowd, I'm, I can't confirm this, but this is my, my suspicion. And I understand it, although I would like to remind that I don't actually pick where the, the stories go in the newspaper, and if all of my stories could be on the front page of the paper, that would be ideal, but I, it's not usually how that works out. But you look at the coverage that TFC got last year, for example, and you know, I, 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 I feel you know, awful that TFC is not getting maybe the same coverage that it even got last year, um, but you look at the resources that a lot of media companies have in the city, and even in the last year, that has changed. I have moved to Jays, and I am still the TFC beat writer. Kurt Larson is doing basically two jobs because he is on the desk and he's working full day shifts, and then he does TFC on top of his day job, and, and resources in this city don't exist. And unfortunately, there is a hierarchy of sports that comes down to hockey, baseball, basketball, TFC. And it goes hockey and baseball. We talked about this last time. Hockey and baseball are at the top. Uh, basketball's a little bit lower and TFC's a little bit lower than that. And you want that to change. Everybody wants that to change. Nobody, like I'm, I'm covering baseball and, and everybody knows, everybody in my office knows that soccer is my first love. But unfortunately, media companies are struggling right now and they're gonna go with the, the sports that bring the most clicks. And I, I have the utmost respect for all of you for supporting this team and nobody, I mean, TFC, for goodness sakes, got voted the best atmosphere in the country by Sporting News. And I know people had issues with that, but there's, it's very, very hard to- Greg to, didn't. Uh, Greg didn't, and it's very, very hard to argue that. But, you know, people are still working very hard to cover this team and make sure that it gets its due. And you would hope, yes, that in this season, they would be covered more, but there's only so much we can do. Do you think that will change if they win the cup? I think it will to an extent. I think that TFC needs to have a few years of sustained yeah. success, and I don't think that there's any reason that they shouldn't. And once they do that, yeah, I think that uh, TFC is gonna have a lot more people paying if attention. That, that may be the beautiful. best question all night. That's the best. And can we have it in the press box? Will you bring it? That's a damn fine question. You know what? It, <laughs> if it makes it easier, tell me what the least, what this the least are, what this the blue jays are. What uh, blue jays would be craft dinner. Whoa! A lot of people like craft dinner. 
I like I like I like craft dinner. I like me some craft dinner. I like I like craft dinner. I'm already into craft dinner. Never had craft dinner. Um, You've never had craft dinner? I'm Italian. I've got what a palate. What is wrong with you? Eat it. Bourgeois. Honestly, this never had so craft much dinner. About you. you just this can't put any so slop much. on a plate in front of me and I'll eat it. That doesn't You know what? You should have it with uh, little cut up hot dogs in it. And no, see no, how no. you feel about that. Um, if, if TF, I don't know. If TFC were a, a Molinero dish. I, I have a good one, John. Can I? Can Josh I go ahead? Cloak thinks that he is a better cook than John Molinero. Well, that's not I'm true. just going to throw it out there. No, it is true I that I think that. I would love to see this brawl. I, John, I, and I'm going to throw this by you. TFC is. is uh, and it's a cacio e pepe. It's very hard to get right, but when you do get it right, it's as good as, as, as anything nope. else. John's like, uh, I get that right on a regular no, Tuesday. What's wrong with you? No, because I don't think cacio e pepe is all that hard to get right. It's, pre it's yeah, a pretty the simple cheese dish. Cheese it's, it's a pretty simple who, dish. Who would, show up, who would show up to the next Footy Talks just to see Johnny and I cook live on stage? This is a challenge, <laughs> yes. It's not going to happen. They've been promising it in the press box for months, I've been and it's never happened. I've, I've, I've been sort of volunteering my services for years to cook the press meal, and TFC has never taken me up once. So this okay, year, well, I'm hold determined. on, hold on. If just to like, you know, pull back the curtain a bit, uh, Laura, I, Ooh, TFC's pizza, press, pizza, pizza. TFC's press box meal is the best in the city. Yes. Without, TFC so, there you go, undoubtedly guys. beats Jay's. And it, and, it, and it trumps and the Leafs. And it's free. And it's free. You don't have to pay $12. Mike Massaro. What a guy. Yeah, very nice guy. It's not better than Raptors. I don't oh, know. The, the, the question. Um, I guess TFC would be uh, grilled squid s s served on a bed of uh, arugula salad. Because it's, ver it's, it's very refined and very tasteful. And the Leafs. Uh, the Leafs, I don't know. I don't really watch hockey, so I, I don't know. Okay. No food. No food for the yeah. Leafs. Yeah, cereal, I guess. All spaghetti. Hey, I only eat cereal for dinner. <laughs> All right, I think that's it. Can we give it up for our panel? This is fun. Can we do this every night? Thank you. Let's do this every night. Every night. Okay. And the next Footy Talks, Josh and John will be up here cooking. Thanks for coming out. Thanks, everyone. That was a, honestly, that was an awesome discussion. I feel like this is something that should happen every night because talking about soccer just makes my day. Um, Joshua, don't go too far because Josh is coming back upstage with a Mr. Paul Burns. So whenever those two are ready, please join us. Is there a wee break? Maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? I'll give you a break. I'll give you a break. <laughs> 